1: Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv, an unmatched dual threat. Mahomes
0: has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. this one this time going deep for Becton Jr, gonna catch it!
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to RotoViz Overtime on RotoViz Radio. Today's edition is brought to you by DoorDash, NFL Sunday Ticket, and betonline.ag, as well as underdogfantasy.com. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at OvertimeIreland. I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Sean Siegel, one of the co owners at RotoViz. And we're going to have a a fun couple of shows this week. We've three shows coming your way, so excited to bring you that extra content this week. And today's show is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be joined by Mike Clay of espn just coming up in a sh- few moments as we get ready sean the season has kind of i've been speaking to a few people it's almost s- starting to sneak up on us we've been talking about it all off season but the fact that we're literally uh, like come thursday we're one week away from the kickoff it's kind of here uh because if we've we've no preseason, it's, it's just happened so so suddenly is that a feeling that you have as well
1: it
3: is i think without those preseason games it it's going to feel like all of a sudden bang and the season have started that's going to be fun in some ways because we're not going to have to go through that prelude time period we're going to be right into the games we get that exciting kansas city houston game to start things off and if it's anything like what we saw from them in the playoffs it could be one of the more fun and and certainly entertaining games of the year right off the bat there uh in terms of getting ready you know we've we've had lots of I think really cool content on the site. I know I've been you know writing what seems like "Sun Up to Sundown" and, and a number of <laughs> other writers as well. So from that perspective, the season feels like it's upon us. Uh, but yes, like you said, it, it's, it's right around the corner, and I think starting to get very exciting. Yeah, and you
2: mentioned there the work on the site has been tremendous all off season, but the last week and a half in particular, it's just up up to the level, just a a huge notch and uh, some amazing content. Uh, You know, Blair has had a few really great pieces, Sam Wallace a few good pieces over the last couple of days, and of course the zero RB pieces uh, that you're well renowned for uh, are are coming out over the last kind of couple of days, and the final part will be coming out over the next couple of days, and our bonus episode this week coming out on Wednesday is actually going to focus a little bit on that. 0rb top 15 so lots of good content coming your way up on the road site of course on road radio as well and last week sean we kind of we went we went all out we had ended up having six road overtime podcasts last week so uh, really up in it we're, we're cutting that down to three this week normally two a week but uh, a lot of fun bringing those shows to the listeners some great feedback as well had a few people reach out on twitter to say that they made it through all five of the the draft podcasts and the megapod i released it as one whole, I think it was two hours and 20 minutes long podcast for the entire draft. And a couple of people reached out to say they they made it through all six shows. So uh, thank you to each and every one of them. But Sean, as we kick things off, as we always do, it's time for the FFPC stat attack
3: and today's ffpc stat attack is going to look at one of the players we're going to talk with mike about find out uh, what he thinks about this potentially loaded denver passing attack sutton is going off the board at 502 in ffpc drafts as the wide receiver 22 he'd probably be much more expensive if not for a poor final month of the year where he averaged only 9.7 points per game sutton's profile was interesting last season he had a 26 percent target share a 43 percent air yard share which was actually the third highest in the nfl and he also averaged 5.0 yards after the catch which was top 30 in the league and i think really demonstrates his well-rounded profile there all of the things that he can do he's been generating a lot of buzz even with all of the the young additions and certainly Noah Fant also in the mix to break out so we'll be asking mike what he thinks of this denver offense and that is our ffpc stat attack for the day
2: and obviously the ffpc is the home of the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry including dynasty Baseball, and of course the world famous ffpc main event to learn more or to join the league today head on over to myffpc.com. that's my and I teased it there a moment ago, just when we were we were talking about uh, the bonus show this week. I forgot to mention it is going to be exclusive to the Road of His Overtime individual feed. So if you haven't already signed up, if you are listening to this on the Road of His main feed on Road of His Radio, make sure you signed up to the Overtime feed as well, because you are not going to want to miss the 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 zero RB discussion with Sean as we get really ready for the season here, just one week out. Delighted to be joined now by Mike Clay, Mike. uh, It's our pleasure to have you jump aboard the podcast. Looking forward to. I know Sean's looking forward to maybe trying to pick your mind in some of your draft strategy over your your drafts in the next couple of days. uh, Against Sean, but uh, looking forward to this one. Thanks for jumping on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, You know, I've known Sean a long time. Obviously, we we worked together at uh, PFF there for a little while, and and I followed his work at. Uh, at Rotoviz and and everywhere else, so uh yeah it's always so always good to uh pick your brain sean and and uh talk with you, Colm. so this should be fun
3: yeah, well, you mentioned we've we've worked together for a long time, we're in still uh sort of a an old timers p f f dynasty league that you run which which has a bunch of the old guys and it's kind of fun. The draft that I wanted to kind of start off with, because maybe this will help us beat you tomorrow, Uh, Ben Gretchen and I co-own a team in your going deep draft. And I think that we somehow won three years ago, despite drafting David Johnson in the first round. Might tell us about this format, why you like it, why you put this one together, uh, what the particular rules are, and how owners could perhaps improve their drafting by occasionally participating in deep drafts like this one.
1: Yeah, I I, uh, really enjoy this format. Um, It was something that years ago I was getting frustrated with how many good players were basically sitting on benches, right? So, and and I wanted to make it tougher, right? I wanted to reduce variance. That's always the goal, I think, if you're trying to level out your fantasy league, especially if you're a commissioner, you know, we talk a lot about, and and you hear it, right? You hear, yeah, it's just luck. It's game of luck. You could hit on a few guys, and then you win, and sometimes that is true if you get the right breaks, but there are ways that you can reduce variance in fantasy football. And that was my idea with this going deep league uh, five or six years ago. And uh, one thing I did was I kind of even the scoring out a little bit. I, I don't think that's too important. You know, I, I boost tight end scoring a little bit uh, level out quarterbacks with the rest of the field. Uh, that's, that's not the major part of it. The major part of it is you start a lot of players, right? So, you're going to start one quarterback, you're going to start three running backs, six wide receivers, two tight ends and then you you have a super flex which of course usually will be a quarterback. Ideally would be a quarterback. So that's the idea and I know that intimidates some people but I'll tell you what, if you really enjoy fantasy football and you like working the waivers and trading, I mean, you're going to love it. You know, I I know that, you know, the, the group we've had here has pretty much all been here since the beginning. No one really wants to leave. Um because it's just it's a fun format, you know. It's relaxed, and you know you get to start a lot of players, guys you normally wouldn't, and uh, and it's just another level of strategy. And by the way, I think my favorite part is you can take a a guy you love as a sleeper, and it might be a guy that you know maybe they don't full on break out, and they're not a a superstar, top ten player, top twenty player, but they're solid. They're good, you know. You hit on you got a good hit, and it's a guy that could be your wide receiver four all season, and it was a nice late find by you. Uh, even if it's if it's in like a bad offense. So uh, I, that's the element of it that I really like. and I think more people should be adding more spots to their starting lineups in fantasy.
2: Yeah I always think when you add those extra roster spots it shows the the owners that are really paying the most attention you know there's there's more attention to detail there's more spots you need to have all those guys in there but when you're talking about who you want to have in those spots Mike I I know one of my go-to places for projections over the you know the, the last quite a number of years has always been your projections on ESPN they're some of the most referenced in the industry and you know a starting point for where players are discussed in terms of value and where people want to draft them things like that there despite the the large role you kind of play in establishing that value across the i guess the fantasy football marketplace is there any players that you think are, are still heavily undervalued even you know as we are as we're kind of a week and a half out from the season
1: um i think it really starts to level out more and more as you get closer to the season um i think one guy would be tom brady You know, he's a guy that I have projected very highly all season long. In fact, you'll notice his ADP is a little higher at ESPN than anywhere else because of our default rankings. Um, But, you know, Brady's a guy going right now, if you look at high stakes leagues or MFL 10s, you know, in in the 11th round, I think that's, he should be a few rounds earlier than that. uh, Closer to maybe even the ninth or eighth round, at least relative to where the other quarterbacks are going. Uh, I know there's concern about, it's kind of a drop off in his play the past couple of seasons, but... You know, once I adjust for the offense and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Gronkowski, who's, you know, you look at his average depth of target in his career, it's been one of the highest at the tight end position. Uh, You have guys great with the ball in their hands. You have even O.J. Howard's a vertical threat. Uh, And of course, you consider that Arians offense, which is pass heavy, high volume, high scoring. And by the way, nine of the past or actually, excuse me, each of the past 11 seasons for Arians, his offense is ranked top 10 in, in average depth of throw. Uh, you know, it's four different teams we're talking about and uh, multiple different quarterbacks. And he was top four in nine of those 11 seasons. I mean, I, I'm not worried about them just making a, some huge philosophical shift where he's just going to be throwing short all the time. I think he'll be back closer to league average or higher in average depth of throw. And, and those vertical throws are going to lead to more fantasy production. So I, I think uh, Brady is one. And then, you know, if we're focusing on, you know, what are the projections showing I me? Mean, there's always those few guys who you don't feel great about, but the projections... Uh, have them high, and it's hard to argue with, is Sterling Shepard with the Giants. You know, uh, uh, Darius Slayton's going before him in drafts, and that's just the the shiny new object, I think. I think maybe, you know, perhaps there's a higher ceiling with a guy like Darius Slayton. I get it, but Shepard's pretty secure uh, in that role as the number one. It seems like he's really cemented that number one role, and, you know, he was one of six players in the NFL last season that was targeted at least six times in every game he played. Six guys in the league. And he was pretty good. I mean, he was, he was 17th in fantasy points the weeks he played last season. And that was I mean, that offense was kind of a mess in a lot of ways in the sense that the, all the, the top skill guys, Ingram, Barkley, the three receivers and Jones played zero games together. They were still right around the top 10 in offensive scoring. So uh, they're certainly in touchdowns per game. So I, I think he's another guy that kind of stands out in that department.
3: Mike, I was going to ask you this a little bit later, but since you have been going into the Giants a little bit for us there, can you take us into what you see for some of those peripheral pieces? You mentioned that they didn't play together, which I think makes it a little bit trickier because now, you know, when we look in our range of outcomes tool, for example, all of those guys project really well because the tool is looking at it from a per game perspective, doesn't maybe know that their target shares will be quite a bit lower uh, if they were all out there together. We had a draft where you picked Slayton and then you came back and picked Tate. Obviously you're high on Shepard. They have the injury prone tight end there as well. Is there a way to play that in leagues that you are you know particularly trying to attempt in 2020?
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, and we often have this discussion throughout the offseason, like what are the offenses as a whole that are underrated? I think actually the Buccaneers, who I just mentioned, are one of them. You can, for all the hype with that offense, they're surprisingly cheap almost across the board, uh, including Gronk and Brady and and Mike Evans, I think, is falling. You know, I've seen him in the third round quite a bit. So uh, Ronald Jones, obviously. Um, So I think they're one, but the Giants are definitely one of them, right? So I think that's why... You can target any of these guys. Evan Ingram has a super high ceiling. You can get him around round seven. Uh obviously Barkley's super expensive, but Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, uh, and and Darius Slayton, you know, much later in drafts. To Shepard around round ten, Tate round twelve, Slayton round eight. And by the way, you mentioned I took Slayton over Tate. I think there's a decent chance Tate outscores him this season. He certainly is a high floor, but I knew the ADP, you know. I knew the situation. I knew Slayton was going to be gone by the time he got back to me, and Tate would not be. So that's why I went uh, with the slightly higher ceiling player, the player I knew would be off the board. So um, I think I'm fine getting pieces of this offense. I have Jones, I have Ingram, I have plenty of all three wide receivers. Uh, I just think that it's going to uh, be an offense that's, I guess, going to surprise the the masses at least based on their ADP so far. And I think there is enough to go around, especially with. Uh, Jason Garrett calling the plays here. Remember, he hasn't called plays for a long time. When when uh, he was calling plays last, Dallas was one of the past heaviest offenses in the NFL. When he gave that up, they went to a run-heavy uh, scheme. And then last season, we saw them more balanced with Kellen Moore calling the play. So don't be surprised if they're throwing it often, especially with the defense. It is not very good.
2: You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely out to your door with their new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot and your food is on its way. Right now, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get 5% off and zero delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order. Simply download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE. Once again, code BLUEWIRE for 5% off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back to the NFL or one week out from the action, NFL Sundayticket.tv. You can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels, you'll never miss any of your favorite teams or your favorite players. No matter where you live, NFL is your key for the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BlueWire at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Once again, visit NFL. SundayTicket.tv and use the code BlueWire.
4: At RotoViz, we love titles. We love hardware. We love championships. We love winning. And we love it when you do it too. In 2020, one thing we want to win with you is the Underdog Fantasy Best Ball Mania $1 million Best Ball Tournament. It's $200,000 to first place. It's only $25 to enter. It's a no brainer. This is like the elite best ball title this year. So you got to go to UnderdogFantasy.com or download their great underdog fantasy app in the app store on your smartphone device and you're going to make a deposit you're going to use code rotoviz when you make that deposit then you're going to go refer five friends and underdog and rotoviz will give you a free entry into the best ball mania tournament so it's it's kind of like a two for one you sign up you put in 25 bucks you enter the best ball mania tournament you get five buddies to play you use code rotoviz you get a free entry no brainer guys let's chase that glory 200 grand if $25 is too pricey for you, they've got a $5 tournament called The Bubble, and you can win twenty grand in that bad boy. Their app is slick. You click on the player's name. You see the ownership. You see the latest news and notes. You can draft from that app with no problem. Man, they really knocked it out of the park with this product, and I can't wait for you to try it. So go to underdogfantasy.com today, make a deposit, and use code ROTOVIS, and chase that
3: glory. Mike, you mentioned that there are always some of these guys who kind of jump out in the projections that maybe you're not um, as excited about. I was wondering how your projections determine your draft strategy. Now, you and I have a long history of, of drafting together. We play in at least three or four leagues of, of different styles each year. We're in dynasty together, best ball, redraft. And I would always sort of consider you to be a value drafter. You often grab some falling players, some players who appear to be undervalued, maybe by VD, uh, value-based drafting by ADP at the point that you take them. Would you consider yourself a value drafter or, or how do your projections sort of determine how you go about drafts?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I think that's a fair assessment. My uh, my projections are my initial set of rankings, right? So I do all of that, that stage first and then I you know look at my board and I'm always adjusting, right? You can never... You know, rankings always have to be fluid you guys know this there's always news there's always new information there's always reports there's injuries there's contract extensions there's a million different things that affect these things there's things we learn throughout the off season right from your first set of rankings in say December or January to you know what you put out in July I mean you should be researching all off season and learning new things so uh, obviously that's going to have an effect. Um, but basically, whatever rankings I have updated when I'm drafting, they're in front of me. I'm following the board. You know, I'm just crossing guys off as we work through. I'm looking for values. If a guy falls, I'm gonna pounce on them. Usually, I'm gonna I'm gonna take that value and get that edge in the league. I'm obviously, as I mentioned earlier, I'm keeping an eye on ADP ADP as well, right? I, I know that even though I might like I might love player X, you know, if I know that player X isn't going to be gone probably for three or four my rounds, I'm not going to take that player here. I'm going to look for a guy who. Maybe I'd be eyeing next round who is going to be picked soon. So uh, it's all those things together. It's constantly evolving. Every single time a player is picked, the value of every other player changes. And that's that's the best way to maximize a draft in my mind. But uh, yeah, projections always step one. Then, you know, I'm adjusting. My, my rankings aren't just projection-based, right? It's not just that most likely outcome that gets injected here. I'm thinking downside. I'm thinking upside. I'm thinking security. And Leonard Fournette, guys, is probably a great example, right? I mean, how... How do, you do, how do you do Jags projections and not project him pretty high? I mean, at least like borderline top 20. I mean, you'd have to have injected a ton of carries into, uh, you know, guys like Reichel Armstead and Divine Ozebo before Fournette was released. And that, that, I don't think that was really realistic. If he was there, he was probably going to get at least 15 carries and four targets a game, right? So you would still project him in that range, a lot like Le'Veon Bell, same kind of, same kind of argument there. But you didn't really want to draft him, right? Because you knew there was risk involved that he could get cut or traded or just benched at some point. And and again, I think you could still apply that kind of thing to Le'Veon Bell right now.
2: Yeah, and I think when we look at Fournette, that was one of our next questions. Obviously, myself and Sean have... Been kind of targeting those guys that are behind, particularly Armstead, uh, even last season, but especially this this off season. But obviously, we weren't probably expecting them to get cut just the week before the season and change it out. Like I tweeted out that I drafted uh, Raquel Armstead in a super flex uh, draft in the twenty second round the day before the cut happened. So a lot of people had had no interest in that backup. Uh, so it wasn't something we were expecting to happen just quite as quick as it did. But in terms of how that shakes up your projections over the last couple of days uh, how's that jacksonville jaguars backfield looking is it is it just a change of approach maybe to, to more targets also then going in a more pass heavy game or, or how have you shaken it up in the the, the jacksonville overall uh, perspective
1: yeah so i uh, shameless plug here i do have that uh my clay projections pdf <laughs> at espn so that is there you can already see these projections already injected into the <laughs> as well um, so you can see uh, see those live projections in there uh, for week one and for the full season. But, um, yeah, I do have Armstead first for now. And, and by the way, I do have a lot of Armstead. I'm with you. I was taking him in you know, 14th, 15th, 16th round, you know, last couple of rounds of uh, uh, best ball drafts. So I have plenty of him dynasty end of benches, you know, because, again, it, you know, you could see you, we saw this possibility a long time ago. So uh, definitely with you there. Uh, right now, I have Armstead as the lead ball carrier here by a decent chunk, you know, about a little about 90 carries more than the next guy. Um, you know, I have him with about 20 catches, and then I have Chris Thompson with uh, 59 carries, 46 catches. Obviously, we expect him to play a big role on passing down and Zeno Zigbo, you know, right around 80, 80 touches, James Robinson around 22. I'm just hedging for now. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. They you know, There's a pretty good possibility, I think, that uh, they'll go out and – Acquire another running back, whether it's a young guy they claim on in final cuts, or they signed a, a Defonta Freeman. Who knows? We'll see what happens. But for now, that's at the least the route I'm taking. And and you know, you might be doing some math in your head as a experienced fantasy player, and there's just not that much value there, right? And that's not surprising. I, I mean, I did insurance rankings about a month ago, kind of ranking all the backup situations, and I had the Jags, I think 26th or 28th. You know, even if Fournette's out. It's not a situation where you expect one guy to take control and be a a dominant fantasy asset. It's already a bad it's already bad offense, bad offensive line. There's not a lot to love. So I think uh, Thompson Thompson and Armstead are fine to look at around round nine or ten. That's fine with me. But, uh, you know, maybe once it's more firm that they're not going to add an impact back, then you feel a little bit better about about them.
2: Yeah and I think as well with no preseason this year you know maybe you would have seen who was like looking good who was looking like they were going to get the most opportunities and things like that but it's just like you know all of a sudden well this could happen so it could be a week or two or three weeks into the season before we see how how it really shakes out but I think what you're saying about Armstead and Thompson's probably the the way to play it but it's somewhere outside of Armstead I, I wouldn't be making those targets to get the other guys and at the moment with armstead's jump in ADP over the last kind of 24 hours i think it's probably starting to get a little bit too rich for for my draft in any anyway. but uh the other player who the news came out over the last couple of days and this kind of shook things up a bit is uh Jalen rager out of philadelphia um have you made much changes there in terms of and, and i know if you want to give a shameless plug again you can i'm sure you already have it injectable <laughs> for the listeners uh, uh rager obviously was somebody who is was, was starting to, to gain a lot of buzz
1: Um, yeah, I I mean, I I moved him down a couple spots in my rankings, but I'm not going to move it too much, right? He might miss a week or two. He was already a late-round flyer, right? So you already just stash him on your bench. You weren't going to start him week one unless you were in a league that starts six wide receivers. Uh, At least I don't think uh, many of you were unless you went crazy heavy on quarterback, tight end, running back uh, early on in draft. So, um... I think he, he's the same sort of value, right? In fact, if you have an IR slot, maybe he's more valuable because you could just throw him in that slot for a couple of weeks. So uh, I don't think much changes. Uh, I still feel best about Deshaun Jackson as the Eagles wide receiver I want in my lineup in week one. And uh, also keep in mind on – keep, keep uh, your eye on Alshon Jeffrey. I mean, he's underrated every single year. I had him in almost every league the past couple of years, and that's paid off good because he was so cheap. No one no one wanted him. And it sounds like he might only miss a week or two, if that. So uh, – Uh, You know, once he comes back, he's probably going to be a a full timer in that Eagles offense, and that's that's paid off pretty good on a on a at least per game basis. So, uh, yeah. uh, As for you know, as for Rager, like I said, uh, not much of a value change there.
3: Mike, I know that you are in touch with a lot of the uh, different writers in the industry covering these teams you know seeing them practice a lot of uh, insight that maybe other people don't have is there any buzz surrounding their late round wide receiver rookies
1: um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've seen anything uh, special uh, aside of the normal, you know, the normal going around uh, with the Eagles. I mean, you've seen a little bit of hype for uh, John Hightower and maybe a, and certainly less for Quez Watkins. There's been some positivity lately about Artega Whiteside maybe making a leap this season. Don't forget about him. You know, he played a lot of snaps last season but wasn't targeted much. And he was, he was, I thought he was pretty good when he was targeted. They just were, I guess he wasn't open often and they didn't trust him and he made one or two mistakes here or there, but. I uh, don't be surprised if he makes uh, you know, a post-type leap. We've seen it before with Philadelphia, right? Uh, Nelson Aguilar looked like a bust through two seasons. Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati looked like a bust through t- two seasons. Uh, guys can turn it around when they look uh, uh, re- very shaky out of the gate. So, um, you know, I-, I think Artega Whiteside and-, and Hightower have probably gotten the most positive positivity, uh, positivity if I could spit that out, um, as of late. But you just don't know, right? I don't really uh, value day three. Uh, rookie wide receivers very highly. In fact, even when those late guys hit, you know the rare occasions that they hit, it's pretty much year three or four into their career. So, um, Hightower, Quez Watkins, not guys. I'm um, I'm really interested in in twelve team leagues. Arthaga Whiteside maybe in a slightly deeper league on the end of my bench. But there's a lot of a, a lot of high upside guys in that area, including rookies like you know Chanel and and Denzel Mims and. T. Higgins, all those guys are sort of in that category, but for me, I'd want I'd want Jackson, then Rager, uh, then Jeffrey, and then uh, again, I think our White would be next on that list.
3: Well, moving from a wide receiver depth chart that is pretty empty to one that now is packed and exciting, Corlin Sutton is an overtime favorite. We just selected him in our FFPC main event, Mike. I've seen you pick him several times, which obviously always encourages me. What do you see, what do you expect to happen with this Denver Broncos team uh, that seems like they could be very exciting at the same time now there are more mouths to feed?
1: Yeah, this one's interesting because this is a a Matthew Barry, hateless player. Uh, And again, doesn't hate the player, hates the ADP, but he's not, he's not liking Sutton this year. And we've kind of. Uh, had it out a few times, including Adam Schefter's podcast about a week or so ago uh, during the fantasy marathon on on live TV. We had it out on Corlin Sutton, so this is one of those guys. He and I will be keeping a very close eye on this season. But um, look, I think, uh, in fact, my projected points for him almost exactly identical to last season, and that's uh, that assumes a little about one missed game too. So uh, you know, pretty close to what he did last season, uh, even after he had some injury risk in. I think, uh, you know, he's a guy you look at that had some bad touchdown luck, a little unlucky. He should have been closer to seven touchdowns, had six. That factors in, Um, you know, he was 19th in fantasy points in his second year in the NFL. He was outstanding with the ball in his hands five yards after the catch, uh, only two drops, you know, so. Also six guys in end zone targets with 23, you know, so uh, since he entered the league. So he's been used near the goal line. I think he's a very good underrated football player. I think he's still cemented as their clear number one in that offense. I think Pat Shermer's offense will throw the football more. I think he'll get better overall quarterback play. We don't know for sure, right, with Drew Locke. We don't know if, if he's good or bad or average. We're not sure, but I think it will be better than what he got from you know, Joe Flacco last season and, of course, uh, Lockett kind of getting thrown into the fire last season and, and every everything else they threw out there. So I know there's other weapons uh, and that's fine, but there's plenty, plenty of targets for Sutton to be able to get a target share around a quarter of the target. So I have him at 25 percent. He was at uh, he averaged a 27 percent target share last season. I think it's completely reasonable for a guy that I think is one of the emerging better receivers in the NFL.
2: Uh, one of the things uh, we kind of review every year on the, the show is the MFL 10 of death. You're part of it, Mike. Uh, Sean's obviously part of it. It's a, it's kind of a, a murderer's row of uh, fantasy analysts. But um, when one of the things that struck me looking through it this year was you had Darrell Henderson and also Cam Akers as well kind of stacked in that Rams backfield. At this point, obviously, it's quite a bit removed from the draft. But is there one of those guys that you're targeting now at this stage getting so close to the season? And how do you see that Rams backfield playing out?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the tea leaves have pretty much suggested for months now uh, that it would be Cam Akers, right? So that's why he came off the board first here. But the nice thing is, and again, speaking of the marathon, you know, we did a draft, we did a, a, a kickoff show. And I, met, I talked about this backfield on both of those uh, situations because I think it's really interesting. And one, and what's interesting about it is you can easily get both, right? If you wait at running back, you can get Cam Akers, say, in round five. I know he's trending up a little bit now, so it might cost you a late fourth, especially with Fournette out of that mix, but you can get Cam Akers in that range. And then you can get Henderson. Right now his ADP is the 11th round. I mean, he, you know, he's not going to cost you much at all. And we're talking about a guy who over his last 350 carries in college over two seasons averaged 8.9 yards per carry. You know, he, he was a guy that was going in single-digit rounds last season in fantasy drafts. And people have forgot about him even though Todd Gurley is gone. So um, I still would lean toward Akers. I think he'll, he's the more likely to be the better fantasy asset. Uh, especially with Henderson dealing with an injury. should be back by week one, though. Uh, but you don't know for sure. You know, we've we've been through this before with Tevin Coleman being the next big thing in the Falcons offense, and out of nowhere, here comes Devonta Freeman and, and takes control and be, dominates fantasy for the next couple of seasons in Atlanta. So, you know, it happens. It happens. So uh, I wouldn't just forget about Henderson, and I haven't, even when I lean toward Akers early on.
2: And that's going to do it for the first show of the week. We are getting very very close to that nfl season once again thank you to mike for jumping aboard the show you can follow him on twitter at mike clay nfl lots of good content always coming up there on his twitter feed and uh obviously as we're getting ready for that season uh, final drive to get that perfect starting lineup for week one get that roster into full working order to bring home that championship come december of course you can do that by getting yourself a one-year subscription to rotoviz and you can save yourself 10 percent as a loyal podcast listener all you have to do is apply the code 2020rvradio at checkout you can find out more information at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast get in on all that good stuff all the tools all the content through the season as well. Uh, really sets you up for success uh, for 2020. And I guess with that, as always, you can make sure you subscribe to the individual feed. I actually have a a little bonus to add in, mentioned at the start of the show. We are going to be doing an exclusive edition of the show. We've done a couple of these over recent weeks. To make sure you're subscribed to that Rotovis Overtime individual feed on your podcast, uh, player, obviously we have the main RotoViz feed where you get all the different RotoViz shows. We also have the RotoViz overtime, ex- its own individual feed. And on that individual feed, you can get this exclusive episode. What is it going to be? It's going to be the zero rb top 15 that is going to be coming out tomorrow wednesday depending on when you're listening to this could be yesterday could be in the past could be in the future but if you are listening to this on tuesday when it comes out that's going to come out on wednesday evening so make sure you're subscribed to the feed get that once it comes out get the edge on your league mates uh it's going to be a fun show i'm really looking forward to recording that one with sean and um, so with that until we're back for that show and then of course the, the second show of the week we're going to be having coming out on Thursday. Jump back aboard for that. Three shows coming at you this week. And until then, of course, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotevizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Road of Biz Radio homepage, roadoviz.com forward slash podcast. Did somebody say playoffs? NBA and NHL are playing for the gold and our partners at BetOnline have you covered. Get in on all the action, including the new NBA bracket contest with plenty of chances to win. MLB season is pushing into the fall and there's no shortage of ways to bet with hundreds of odds, futures and props. So take advantage of the return of sports and remember, the casino never closes. Check it out all day or all night. Go to betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your welcome bonus. Once again, that's betonline.ag